Well, this morning, um, thankful to have you guys here. We get to look at Philippians chapter 3. And so as we get started, quick question. I know the answer for a few of you. How many of you here are runners? You run cross country, maybe you run track, and you just run away from people who are chasing you. Yes, okay, run from people chasing you. That's basically what football is, right? You're either chasing someone or being chased and just run. Yeah, you guys are runners, okay. What events do people run in here? What do we have? You guys are, yes, safe. Cross country and cross country, right? Your hand's not up, and I'm going to call on you because I already know. Cross country, yeah, how far do you guys run? Two miles, okay. Alex? Track and field, and what event do you do there? Uh, I do five events. The, what is it? Five yeah, events? Five events. Okay, which ones do you run 200, in? 200. 200. All right, so some relays, sprints. Okay, anybody else? Yeah? Uh, 55 meter Okay. They have a 55 meter dash. It's indoor. It's oh, okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Anybody on this side that I missed? Yes? What else? 400, 800 in the mile. But it's not the mile. I thought you said 800 miles. It's 800 mile. Just wake up in the morning, run for two months, and see who it is. 800 mile race. Yes, Mr. Jones. High jump and long jump. Yeah. Wow, that's okay. not I wasn't going to point that out. Okay, so let's go ahead. Next question. What are some things, just anything, what are some things your coaches tell you to do in order to be a good runner? Don't stop. Run faster. Don't stop. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Any other, relax. Okay, any other uh, tips that you guys get as you run? Yeah? Long strides, okay, good. Find your stride. Find your stride. Float what about like a butterfly sting like a beamer? That's right. Float like a butterfly, steam like a beamer. Steam like a beamer. We are mixing our metaphors here. Um, and how about the finish line? Any tips they give you on the finish line? Push it through. Yeah, push through. Don't. You're shaking your head, Michaela. What does that mean? Like, don't finish. Turn. Run the other way. You might want to ask ask for a new coach at your school if this is the advice you're getting. Last year, okay. Okay, so why do some of you not run? Oh wow, we just got the lazy cough. Yes. Okay, because you can't. There, you don't have the opportunity yet. School doesn't have a track team. Okay. Yes? Yeah, we might die. Good. That's kind of what I was looking for, yeah? It's just not fun. You know, it took me a long time as an athlete to learn how to run for pleasure, you know, because in my whole life, running had always been punishment. You messed up, go run. You did this, go run. Go run, go run, go run. And really, like, you do that for 22 years of life, and you think about exercising, and you just have this, it's like you need therapy before you can go exercise, because you're just like... Why would I do this to myself? I'm just punishing myself by running. But the reality is running um, is actually a very clear metaphor that we see in Scripture from the Apostle Paul. So we're going to change gears a bit. It's all going to come together in just a minute. But I want us to think now, um, what are we called to as Christians? What should our life be like as Christians? Okay. Now you guys know 
I don't know if you know this, but we'll see. Do you guys ever feel the tension that the Christian life can be really complicated? Does that resonate with anyone? Okay. I know it resonates with me. So the Christian life can be really complicated. Just think about all the stuff that maybe you've heard that you need to know from church, okay? You need to know your Bible, okay? And the Bible's big, and it's got a lot of words and a lot of books in it, and it's got a lot of advice, it's got a lot of wisdom, it's got a lot of rules, and you should know it. As if that's not hard enough, you should be memorizing the Bible. I don't know about you, but I am terrible at memorizing. I, I really think that it is more than just that I don't want to do it, I think I really am just really bad at it. Like, I will do the hard work of memorizing and stare at something for, you know, read it day after day after day, and then my wife will be like, yeah, you've been working on memorizing that, you know, how, what is it? And I'm like, uh, the, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, so memorizing is hard, you have to do that. Um, living out the gospel, um, obviously that's not easy, sharing it with other people. Uh, and then, do you ever feel the tension as a Christian? Like, we have to also, not only do we have to know what our faith is about, we also have to know what all the other faiths are about. Like, we have to know what atheists think, and Muslims think, and Buddhists think, so that we're prepared to share our faith. I don't know if you guys feel that tension. But, you know, someone will bring up that someone's a Muslim, or someone's an atheist, and we should have answers to their questions. This is a lot that we need to know. And for some of us, we're still in middle school. We're still trying to figure out a lot of different things. And this is a lot that's weighing on us. And not only do we need to know a lot, we need to do a lot, you know? We don't just read our Bibles. Um, we have to think, how often do I need to read my Bible? Where do I start when I read my Bible? What do I read in the Bible? And what do I do if I don't understand what I'm reading in the Bible? And you've also been told that you need to pray as a Christian, right? And so you think, well, what do I say? I don't know, maybe we have trouble knowing what to say in our prayers. Uh, what do I do when my mind wanders? How long do I need to pray for in order for it to count? And in this last passage, we read the verse that said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And we talked about how there's work to be done in the Christian life. And so how do I grow in holiness? What is sin, why does sin still seem so good even after following Jesus? And, and then there's the whole aspect of missions. And how do I share the gospel with my neighbors? And why is it so hard to do this? And is God calling me to go overseas and serve for longer periods of time? And, and so the Christian life can seem really complicated if you come to church week after week and you hear all the things that you're told you need to know this, you need to do this. And it can be hard to know where do we direct our focus? And so I don't know if you've run into any of these dilemmas, but maybe you have. Maybe you've run into the dilemma of do I stay at home a little bit later and try to read my Bible or do I go to this Christian club that's on my campus that maybe prays before school? Two good options. Both things are things I should do. What do I do? When I read my Bible, okay, so Nick said during the summer retreat to the high schoolers, we should read the Gospel of John, study that, you know, work on that. But I also have gotten my Bible reading plan in a year. Should I read the Bible in a year? I've tried that. I usually mess up by June 2nd, and I'm not doing it anymore, you know. So how, June 2nd, January 2nd, I was saying, that was a joke. It wasn't funny if it was June 2nd. Um, yeah, just right over. I said you messed up your read through the Bible in a year program on January 2nd, which would be the second day that you're trying to do it. Okay, what do I do if I miss a day in my, you know, reading through the Bible in a year calendar? Some of you might be conflicted with, do I go to Axis on Wednesday night and learn how to share my faith? Or do I go to my sports team practice where I actually have an opportunity to share my faith? Both 
good things, right? Um, maybe you might think, should I serve the church on Sunday mornings? You know, we have a lot of needs. We have the children that need to be uh, watched and taken care of. Or should I come to Sunday school and be served and encouraged by the sermon? And so the Christian life can seem complicated. There's all these choices and these decisions that we need to make. And have you ever been to an all-you-can-eat... I realize I'm kind of shooting at the guy's side here. Maybe some of the girls feel this way. Have you ever been to an all-you-can-eat buffet when you're really hungry? Okay, yeah. Okay, so I know this is dangerous. I'm talking about food. I'm sorry. You go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, and have you ever had this experience where you get... You see so much that you want. And so you get a little bit of everything... And yet there's still not enough room on your plate for all the things that you wanted to try from the buffet. And so you eat those things really quickly and you don't really even enjoy all the food that you just ate because all you're thinking about is all the other food that you want to go eat. And before you know it, you're full and it's all over and there's, you just can't stuff anymore in. And it's kind of sad because you didn't get to really savor or enjoy any of it. And I'm saying all this because the Christian life can be like this. The Christian life can be like this, where you're like, read my Bible, pray, do this, do this, do this, do this. And you have all these really good options, and yet we just don't know which one to do, and we do a little bit here and a little bit there, and we aren't satisfied by any of it. And we just feel like we're, we're letting ourselves down, and we're failing God, and we're not doing it right. And so I want to encourage you today that this passage teaches us that there is one thing as Christians that you need to focus on. And there's only one thing. And Paul actually says in this verse, one thing I do. And that's encouraging because we can say, I know it looks complicated from, you know, if you step back, but really there's only one thing we need to look at. So we're going to look at that one thing in Philippians 3, chapter 12 through 16. And if you'll, I think I've got it up here. So if you have your Bibles where you can just read it from up here, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, Paul says this. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. There it is, one thing. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. So today we are going to look at the one thing that we must do, and then we're going to look at five tips for how we do this one thing. So what is the one thing Paul says we as Christians should be concerned about? Look at verse 14. And I think we can go to the next slide here. So the one thing here, verse 14, what is the one thing every Christian should focus on? Running... Oh, forgot my slides. <laughs> Verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I press on toward the goal of the upward call of Christ Jesus. So let's look at what this means, okay? Paul, I think, first of all, must have been a sports fan because the number of times that Paul references sports in all of his letters, it just indicates he has to be a sports fan. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about boxing and he says, I do not box as one beating the air. And in Ephesians, he talks about wrestling. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And then, uh, where else? In 1 Corinthians, um, he talks about discipline of an athlete. Every athlete must exercise self-control in all things. And again, he says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. And in 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. And so he's, he loves using sports 
as an analogy for the Christian life. And the one he probably leans on the most is the sport of running, and this idea of running. And so he says, the Christian life is like running a race. In 1 Corinthians he says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Okay, so it's like a race. Run so that you get the prize. And in Galatians 2.2, 2, he says, I want to make sure that I was not running or had not run in vain. So he's saying, my life is like a race. And when I'm a pastor, I want to make sure that I'm not just running in vain, that what I'm doing actually is making a difference. And to the Galatians, he says, you were running well. What hindered you from obeying the truth? They're saying, it's like you guys were in a race and you were running really well. What happened? You stopped. You gave up. What's going on? And in 2 Timothy, he says, I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. So he says, my life is like a race, and I'm at the finish line, and I'm at the end. And he's using a running metaphor here as well. And so in, verse, in uh, Philippians 3, the running metaphor is in this verse 14, and he says, I press on. Okay, does that ring a bell with any of you when you're running a race? And you hit that mark, and you're like getting tired, and you're getting that side ache, and you're feeling winded, and you press on. You've got to push through it. And so that's what he's talking about here. He's saying, I press on toward the goal. What's the goal of a race? To, to get to the finish line, right? To win, to get to the finish line, to end it. Okay? And so he's saying, I press on to get to the finish line. And what's Paul's finish line? Well, if we look at the context, what Paul's talking about here is his finish line is perfection. Paul is saying, I am pressing on towards perfection. And it's perfection in two ways. Perfect, perfectly knowing Jesus. I want to perfectly know Jesus, and it's perfection in perfectly following Jesus. Okay, so his finish line is perfectly knowing Jesus and perfectly following Jesus. And are these things that Paul can run toward while he's still alive? Yes. That's why he calls it the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So I press on toward the goal of the upward call God in Christ Jesus. The one thing that Paul is running towards is to perfectly know and perfectly be like Jesus. And when is he going to get to that finish line, do you think? When is Paul going to perfectly know Jesus and perfectly be like Jesus? Only in heaven. Only at the end. Okay? Only when he dies. So if the Christian life seems complicated, like we're pulled in so many directions, Paul has simplified us but simplified it by telling us there's only one thing we have to do in this life, and that's run after Jesus. Know him and be like him. Everything else is just details. So how do we run after Jesus? Let's look at five tips on how we run after Jesus. Okay, the first way that we run after Jesus is we have to acknowledge our imperfection. So go to the next slide. And we see that in the very beginning of our passage, verse 12, Paul says... Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. How many of you, when you run a race, do you run it overconfidently? Do you know what it's like to run a race overconfidently? Some of us, most of us are used to not winning, but some of us might win often, and we think, I've got this in the bag. Look at these schmoes over here. Look at their shoes. They don't even have the right running shoes. Right? And you, you get overconfident. And what happens when we run overconfidently? We relax. We don't stress out. We don't take the threats seriously. And it ends up usually a lot like the tortoise and the hare analogy, right? Where the hare, the rabbit keeps running ahead and then he's taking a nap here and there and the tortoise presses on and the rabbit loses the race because he's lost his focus. And this is actually what some people were teaching to the church in Paul's day. 
They were teaching him, we've arrived. Because of Jesus, we're already perfect. We're at the end. We can relax. We can let down our guard. And Paul is saying to them, no, that's not the case. You can't let down your guard. And he's saying, it's not even true of me. I am not perfect. I have not reached the finish line. I still need to grow in Christ. I still need to be more like him. And take a step back and realize who's saying this. John MacArthur describes Paul as undoubtedly the most committed, dedicated, spiritually mature Christian who ever lived. Who ever lived. If there's a human that was closer to Jesus than anyone else, it would have been the Apostle Paul. And yet even Paul says, I'm not there. I'm not perfect. I don't perfectly know Jesus. There's still more. And that should be really encouraging to us. It should encourage us because you should see that you don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. In fact, you're never going to be perfect. It's only when you finally finish the race, when you die, that you'll reach perfection. So, first tip in running after Jesus, press on. Keep running. Know that you are not perfect, that you're not at the finish line until the day you see Jesus face to face. Okay, tip number two. Tip number two, run towards the one who has run towards you. Run towards the one who has run towards you. Go to the next slide here, and we'll see that Paul says, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, what does that mean? What he means is this. I chase after Jesus because Jesus chased after me. Jesus came after me when I was still a sinner. He so loved me that he ran after me even when I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And he saved me. And it's because of that that I long to know him. And so because he chased after me, I want to chase after him. I want to know more about his love. So Paul makes it his goal to press on, to truly know Jesus, to chase after the one who chased after him. So that's tip number two. Tip number three in running after Jesus. Don't be distracted by the past. Paul says, in the next verse, next slide here, don't be distracted. Paul says, brothers, we're here at verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Don't be distracted by the past. So as you chase after Jesus... Don't focus on the past. How many of you, when you run a race, are you supposed to, your coach teach you to run like this? You know, looking back every current, who's behind me, who's chasing me? What's going to happen when you do that? You lose speed, you slow down, right? If a sprinter tried to turn around as they were coming down the home stretch, they'd lose, wouldn't they? That's what Paul's saying here. Don't focus on the past. So don't focus on past achievements. Don't think, you know, I'm saved. I prayed a prayer when I was four. My mom gave me a big cookie when I became a Christian as a surprise. It was really good. And now I'm in. It's done. The race is over. Okay? Don't think, well, I went to church for, you know, pretty much my whole life. At least, you know, until I was five. Because my parents made me. So, you know, I'm pretty much in. I, I can just relax now. Don't focus on past achievements. And also don't focus on past failures. Some of us really wrestle with sin. All of us wrestle with sin. What do you do when you sin? We want to admit that sin is nasty and it's rebellious and it's distracting and it takes us away from God. 
But do we sin and then just sink down and just think, I'm not worthy, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to stop running. The race is over, I might as well just give up. No, that's not what we're supposed to do. If a runner's running a race and he trips, let's say you're running cross country, you run two miles, and you stumble, and you're like, oh, well, that's it. I tripped, I lost 0.7 seconds on that trip, I might as well just give up, go home. No, you don't do that, and you shouldn't do that in the Christian life. When you sin, when you lie, when you steal, when you are impure, when you look at pornography, yeah, that's a sin. And you repent. But you don't stop the race. You don't give up. You keep on running. And you remember that Paul said, we press on towards the prize. Fourth, we stay focused on the goal. You have to stay focused on the goal. So in the next slide, we look back here, we see, he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Okay, now, if you will do me a favor, Mr. Jones, and just press escape, and there is a YouTube video there. Um, it's behind, you work with Max much? No. Okay, it's all right, I'll just run back. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's up behind the, uh, behind the slideshow here. So just move that out of the way. We are going to get a very vivid example of what it does not look like to don't give up and strain forward to what lies ahead, okay? And I know we won't be able to see it, but just humor me. <laughs> you got to do it up? I think so. Uh, click it back to the beginning here. Just try to mix it up because I know that you guys. Here we go. You watch this. Uh, oh, I forgot the ball. Ball's out there. This pump. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, yeah, I got this in the bag. I'll slow down a little bit here. So easy. Oh, I lost it. <laughs> one is really hard to see. What do we see here? Oh, right there. <laughs> so close. This one you can't see, but he's got his arm out the window, so he's pumping his arm in a race. I'm winning! Except the only problem is you need two hands to drive. So, uh... Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. This is the best. Wow, wow. Chest bump. He's not even done yet. It's not over. Oh, 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 oh. That's, that's what it's just. That's just ridiculous. I mean, he was celebrating for like the whole last lane there. Oh, these are awesome. <laughs> Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, it's only muddy. <laughs> wow. 
off your bike too. Thanks. <laughs> 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 He's just Why does he give back Here we go. There goes the ball. I don't know what happened there. A whole lot went wrong with that one. <laughs> Close up. Maybe you missed the part where we went like this, but he was haunting him. <laughs> Here's another good one. That's not possible. Jumping like an infant girl. Wait, wait. Huh? 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 It's like, is that a goal? Does that count? It, it rolled in. All right, we can probably cut it off there, Dan. Oh, we'll watch the replay here. video, why do we look at that? To get a visual example of what it looks like to not finish strong, okay? That's not what we should think about in the Christian life. And what's crazy about the Christian life is that at no point, whether you're 18, 80, or 108, do you ever stop pursuing Christ. You don't reach your goal until you're standing face to face with Jesus. And if I were to think about an example of this in our church, I'd think about Byron Tabbitt. You guys know Byron Tabbitt? Okay. He's an elder at our church. I'm so sorry, that was a good chance. <laughs> so, back to Byron Tabbitt, away from the sweat. Here's a guy who, I don't know if you guys know him, but he's been following Christ for a long time. He's been an elder at our church for a long time. And whenever I sit down with him, do you know what he talks about? He talks about how God has revealed more of the depth of his own sin. Okay, so if I think if there's a guy in our church who's probably the most positive, uplifting, uh, encouraging, follows Christ daily guys, I would think of Byron Tabbitt, and he talks about how every day he's made more aware of just how sinful he is and how much he needs God. And so, like guys like that, we should know that we are always to press forward, always to strain forward to what lies ahead. And the last tip is this. The last tip in running after Jesus is that we're supposed to run together. We're supposed to run together, okay? So it says in this little next slide here, our passage ends by saying, verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let us 
hold true to what we have attained. Do any of you guys know what an Ironman race is? Right? So the Ironman starts off with a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and then a 26.2 mile run. In other words, they swim a long ways, they bike a long ways, and then they run a marathon. Okay? And if you've ever seen the finish line of these, you can see that the goal for everyone out there is to just finish, right? And you'll see people coming up to the end of the finish line, and it's like 12 hours after they've started. They've been going for 12 hours, and they can hardly even walk, and their knees are just like buckling under them, and like runners are like grabbing other runners, and they're going together, and they're finishing together because the goal is to finish, and it's the exact same for us. The goal in the Christian life is not to beat each other in some holiness competition. The goal is to finish together, to run together. And in Philippians 3.1, Paul said, to write the same things to you is not trouble to me and is safe for you. Paul was used to saying the same thing to all the churches. And I hope that you hear in our Philippians sermon that I keep saying the same thing. I keep ending up with this idea that we have to work together. We have to run together. We have to be like Epaphroditus. We have to be of one mind with one another. This theme keeps up coming up in Philippians, and it's a theme that I hope that we as a group realize over the course of this year, that by the end of this year, we'll be a closer unit as we run and fight for each other together. So the big idea, and this is where I'm done, is that there is one thing you should focus on as a Christian, and that is to know Jesus and become like him. There's one thing you should do. You should run after him. So if you feel like life is complicated, and you've got a choice between reading your Bible or praying or going to your Christian group, and you've got all these good choices, tell you what you should do. Pray and do whichever one you want, so long as it helps you to run after Jesus. It's not meant to be a complicated life. It's meant to be a single-minded, one-focus, running after knowing Jesus perfectly and becoming perfectly like him. So let's close, and I'll pray that we'll be able to do that this week. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to study this word this morning, and we do pray that you would allow us to single-mindedly run after you, both to see perfection brought about in our own hearts as we fight and overcome sin, and to know you perfectly for who you are, and to be transformed in light of that. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So guys, remember Real Faith, Real World, Wednesday, and Hangout Friday. Hope you can come.